You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. On last week's T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D-M-I-N-I-H-M-P-L, my comments at the end of the show left some listeners shocked. While it is true that I am Sarah Koenig, and you're not, unless of course your name is Sarah Koenig, I certainly didn't need to punctuate that point with a fuck you, let alone seven of them. My attitude at the end of that episode does not reflect the kind, sweet-natured attitudes of the staff of T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D-M-I-N-I-H-M-P-L. I've been drinking a lot more lately and need to take responsibility for my words. They hurt. Now, on this week's fucking episode of T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D-M-I-N-I-H-M-P-L, the fucking gang of two look at the fourth and fucking fifth minutes of the best fucking movie on the planet. That isn't about fucking. Screaming Pods Network the fucking shot on video initiative and MVM present T H E S O fucking P O D M I N I fucking H M P L part fucking three. I'm Sarah fucking Koenig. Make me a motherfucking scotch. For minutes uh, three and four, please. You're just passing through now. But, you know, that's a different thing. He's like, where are you right now? Besides, Earth. This is an ass right now. I, I, yeah, I'm on ass. That's where I am. Is that all right? Is that what kind of drugs you're doing? Yeah, drugs, fucking air, everything. Yeah. Cocaine, baby. All right, so, so you, you guys like Priest, right? Yeah. I mean, all right. How about Dawkins? How does anybody feel about Dawkins? Are they really about the best? Yeah. I mean, they're better. What other they're shows have you seen here? But Metallica. Metallica. We're going to Ocean City. After this, we are headed to Ocean City to party more. They should legalize drugs. That is a fact. That's what they should go for, right? Yeah, this exactly. Time? Uh-huh. It's like, fuck all that. They're, they're practically legal in this parking lot anyway, man. That shit. That shit, exactly, man. There's enough burnouts out there to go hands across America. That yeah. shit, man. It's got it. <laughs> Drugs. Joints across America. Yeah, exactly, man. This is making joints. Okay, so, so minute three and four. I just, I, I only want to talk to you about this because I, I hope you have some insight here. Can you, do you know much about Graham from the West Coast, man? You mean Graham, like Graham of Dope? <laughs> yes, Graham, like Graham of Dope, man, from you the West what? Coast, I'm, man. 
<laughs> I'm glad I don't have any insight on him because he's like the wind. Like everyone knows a Graham. He's just uh, the shirtless party guy. Uh, he's on acid and he wants all drugs to be legalized. And I, I think he is one that he's like, yeah, Dawkins, okay. Dawkins, no Metallica, but Dawkins, okay with me. <laughs> do, do you think he was talking about Dokken or Docking? Maybe both. I don't know. Graham's definitely chaotic good, so it's a little hard to get a beat on him. A quick three-part guide to alignments featuring An Adorable Kitten by A.C. Stewart, newtheloser.tumblr.com. Part one, good characters. There is an orphaned kitten shivering on a cold, dark night. A lawful good character is doubly compelled to help the poor kitten. Gee willikers! Perhaps someone is missing the kitten. It would demonstrate the compassion and authority of yourself and the law to resolve the situation. I will not sleep until this kitten has a little girl to snuggle. Many uh. tears. A neutral good will likely help out of the goodness of his or her heart. That poor baby. He or she hates to see any creature suffer. I don't care if helping kittens is illegal. It's the right thing to do. A chaotic good would... Another victim of the excess and greed of the aristocracy. Cold and alone while the fat cats sip wine in their ivory towers. They make me sick. I was once like you, kitten. A victim of the systemic rot that consumes the city. Now, I'm the instrument of change. The sword of light in the dark. Join me, kitty. Together, we will bring this city to its knees. is chaotic good that is true because he he's all in for the plan well he comes up with the plan right is he is he the one that comes up with the plan for the joint no who is that that's later is that later no in the movie? that uh yeah because the hands across america thing was going on then yeah just like joints across america like one <laughs> giant joint as big as the united states and okay, I don't think anyone's going to accuse Graham of being super intelligent, but he has a vision and he's so fucking joyful in how he shares that vision. People just congregate around them and hold their beers and kind of agree with him. Like, yeah, man, you know, I like that. I like this Graham guy. I like the way he thinks. Hey, Landfill! Hey, big guy! Hey! I haven't seen you guys since... Hands across America? That's what we were just saying. We almost made it. A couple of breaks oh, in the chain, so right? Close. Hands across America. <laughs> but I do want to say, because Graham goes into uh, minutes four and five as well. So I, I think that's where I was getting uh, confused. But um, Graham is high on acid. Uh, one of his friends yells out cocaine. So they're definitely mixing some of the good good. But man, if he does not look like a refugee from the set of uh, Dazed and Confused, I, I really hope uh, Linklater had pulled him in for <laughs> some... <laughs> Do you think he lives in Austin now? Well, no, he said West Coast, and he—I don't know. He kind of sounds like when Zach Morris pretends to be uh, a surfer boy. Like that's how Graham sounds to me, and he looks like—I don't know—he looks like Anthony Kiedis, and Anthony Kiedis's stunt double like had a baby, and then the baby (laughs) maybe grew grew too like at such an irregular rate, and then did did drugs. 
Uh, and fell asleep in the sun a lot. <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta take care of your skin, man. Because what happens to you when you're 20 that that affects you when you're uh, 50, 60, as as Graham is now. Bless him. All right, hit hit, hit him in its uh, four and five. <laughs> If it's across America, everybody's smoking. I'm gonna get in line for that. One. <laughs> Looks like you dress for a concert, right? I'm just, yeah. Get a shot. Of, get a shot yes. of her. See, I told you we should have brought the baby. I have a question. See my what scab? Oh, that's Don't that's ever nice. get it in a car. Oh, Did your boyfriend do it to you? Yeah, he, he did. did. Oh, he He's did. brutal. But how about your um bandana? What, what's what's that? Is that a fashion uh, it's statement? Just, I don't know, it's just for decoration. It doesn't mean anything, you know, does it? Hey, I mean, that's Metallica. Hey, boo boo! After midnight. Stop it! 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 All right. We talked about uh, the the joint across America. We kind of got ahead of ourselves. Can you tell me about scabs, uh, uh, Ms. Crawford? I can tell you the filmmakers being nerds comes into play here again. When they ask the women of Heavy Mill Parking Lot about their clothing, it's very awkward. And uh, there's one young lady in a white dress that shows her knees she has a big scab, and they ask, did your boyfriend do that? And, I, like, at first she thinks she's going to ignore him because she's turned away and she doesn't say anything. And I, I almost think, like, as she's turned away, she kind of decides, like, yeah, he did it! Never get into a car! And I, I feel like they're just playing out this little pantomime, and it just it was awkward. It made me sad. It, it was, like, the I think the one moment that made me kind of sad. This oh, whole thing. really? I, I, I interpreted it as uh, I interpreted it as her answer was that her boyfriend did it to her, like, but did it like like the fuck, you know, like, but they well, did it. Oh, no, I took they, it as like a blowjob. They did it in a car and like she was doing the move where you have to put like your your foot over the seat or something. And then I don't know. She ended up scraping it on the, yeah. the interior. of. Oh, OK. Dangerous yeah. car sex. Yeah, right. But so it's just like... the way it was brought up, and that was the first thing they said. Because there are a few <laughs> moments where they really try to ingratiate themselves and try to fit in a little bit, and then you get moments like, did your boyfriend do that? Everyone loves the idea of a quick romp in the old auto chariot. But for those of you who have ever attempted it, you might have noticed some very common difficulties, including avoiding hard objects like seats and steering wheels, and getting into a comfortable enough position to actually accomplish the task at hand. While success partly depends on the type of car you have, here are some general suggestions on how to successfully have sex in most mid-sized sedans. You'll want to limit your autocarnal adventure seeking to a few simple positions that make sex in a car easier and much more fun. First up, you always have the trusty back seat where you can enjoy woman on top or man on top with the bottom participant lying on the back seat or the guy simply sitting. And remember, it works better if you pull the front seat as far forward as you can, so go ahead and give yourself some more room to maneuver. Next up, you've got the front seat, where you'll have to push the seat as far back as it will go while you take a seat. 
Your partner can ride you facing you or facing the windscreen with her hands on the dash for support. If you're feeling a little more adventurous and enjoy the occasion of car sex, but perhaps less so the limited space, then take your tussle outside. The hood of your car is a wonderful platform for all kinds of activities, like for example, heading south with your mouth, while she rests her legs on your shoulders and her bottom on the edge of the car. You can also conveniently skip right to the main event via the front or from behind while she leans her body on the hood, all while you get some nice, fresh outdoor air. Double win there. Finally, there's the holy grail of car sex acts, getting it on while still driving. Now be forewarned, this isn't a rookie move, but if you can master it, you've just added the potential of sex to one of the most boring parts of most of our days. Now brass tacks. To work, your girl can get your shift rod in her mouth while you drive, but make sure she does it slowly and carefully for both of you. Once it's game on, avoid bumps and potholes and keep your eye on the road at all times. And if you feel like you're losing it, pull over immediately. Though memorable and a whole lot of fun, this is serious business. So remember, safety first. Follow these general rules and you'll have just learned how to very conveniently and easily have car sex. <laughs> and what does she wear? I, I thought maybe at first she was wearing a uh, uh, an ankle bracelet or like a like she had a PO or something, but she just has a decorative bandana. Do you do that move? Uh, not usually. Maybe I'll take it up. You know, summer's coming up. I think I think it'd be. You a good don't look. want a sweaty ankle. You don't want one sweaty ankle. You know. That's true. You could do that move like LL Cool J in the house. You know, where you put up like one of your sweatpants. And then on the on the the sweatpant leg you put up, you could uh, you know tie a bandana around your ankle. Live strong. Hey. No, it's for you. Uh, this is. Yeah, this is a, a Crawford fashion. Uh, let me ask you this. Is that Michael Showalter? I was going to say, he looks like the love child between Steve Perry from Journey and Michael Showalter. <laughs> Did you really write down Michael Showalter? <laughs> yeah, and Steve Perry. <laughs> well, Steve Perry, because this this man sings uh, like like a, like a pitch Teal canary. Teal Dawn. It's, it's like chin singing, a lot of chin singing. Cheryl, I, uh, I wrote you a song, and I hope you like it. I mean, I don't mean like, like it, but I mean like, like it, like you like it. It's, the song is called Baby, You Da Bomb, and it goes like this. It's not gonna work out. So because Cheryl, I'm a homebody, and you're a night owl. And I want you to know something, it is not you, it's me. It's me and my commitment bullcrap. And Cheryl, I don't I don't wanna stay up with you till the sun comes out on any boulevard. Cheryl, I hate to say this, but this is goodbye. Stick around after the break, we got Lisa Loeb right here on every night on VH1.
lots and lots of chin singing. So look out for a very early performance of Michael Showalter. Um, oh, you wait. Who the fuck was I talking to? They were like, all right. So I, I didn't write this down. I, I, I didn't think about this till this moment. But someone told me they were at a concert once. It, this was like 93, 94. And it was like a pre-state David Wayne. And he was, like, going around with a VHS camera, like, interviewing people. And then when the state became, you know, popular on MTV, like, uh, two years later, they were like, oh, that's that's the dude who was talking to us at Lollapalooza or <laughs> whatever, what, or Bonnaroo or who, whoever knows where the fuck it was. But so I look, I propose right now that could be Michael Showalter, period. Not the love child. Could be him, period. Hit uh, Hit minutes five to six. T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D-M-I-N-I-H-M-P-L Part 4 Everyone knows Parts 4s are the best in the series. Fast and Furious, Alien Resurrection, Batman and Robin, Citizens on Patrol, So Great, Strapped and fucked up on your favorite scotch. I will. Part 4 promises to be a doozy. Join us, won't you? I'm Sarah fucking Koenig. Just proud and toasted. Cheers. Oh, and now, we will see you in the